I mentioned at the beginning of worship that we have come through a wonderful Advent season where we have talked about hopes as they have come from different places. And as we lit the Advent wreath, we recounted some of those as well. And now as we enter into this Christmas Eve worship, we talk about the fact that the hopes and fears of all the years, and we realize in the midst of that, that there are so many reasons to hope, but we also admit that there are times. But first, the hopes. Because we could look at our gospel reading and realize that we are filled with hope when we hear something like a new birth that is about to take place. We are filled with hope when we hear Mary treasuring words in her heart. We are filled with hope when angels sing to a group of shepherds. And we could go back even and recapture that prophecy from Isaiah that Anne read for us, where we have the hope of light shining into darkness and realize that, that darkness can never overcome light, but light will always dispel darkness. There are so many hopes that converge on us tonight. But we also realize that sometimes along with the hopes, in fact, almost parallel to them, come some of the very fears. We might know the fear of going back to a little bit before our story of an angel appearing to Mary, telling her that she was to have a child. And then we would know that in Mary and Joseph's day, that having a child brought its own set of fears into people's lives. They had the fear of traveling to Bethlehem and what that journey must have been. And so the fears that they experienced were very real. And we know that some of those fears can actually feel like they're a part of our life today. And so as we look at the hopes and the fears of all the years, we would say, yes, we have them right here, right now. They are a part of Christmas Eve. But for the shepherds, they were hoping for fear. Because if we read in the gospel reading and we hear about an angel appearing to a group of shepherds, the most humblest of characters that you could find on earth, and an angel appears to them, we do not hear that the shepherds were afraid. What does the gospel tell us the shepherds were? Terrified, that's right. They were hoping for fear. Fear was way down the hill for them. They were terrified by what was happening there. And so the angel says, do not be afraid, and tells them to go to the city of David, to Bethlehem, for a Messiah has been born. And all of a sudden, that hope would come to this group of shepherds. In fact, that hope would come to everybody who from then on reads Luke's gospel, because Luke already gave a little indication of it early when he said that Mary and Joseph traveled to Bethlehem because Joseph was descended from the house and family of David. 
And when they would have heard that, they would have understood a hope that has been a part of their lives for the past 700 years, an expectation of when God would finally come and reveal the promise that God had made to David that somebody his, from his line would rule forever. And so as people were reading Luke's gospel, they would hear about Joseph needing to go to Bethlehem, conjuring up again this prophecy from Isaiah that a child would be born for us, bringing in the prophecy from Micah that it would happen in Bethlehem. And now the shepherds are told to go and see the very Messiah who has been promised for so long. And so the, the shepherds realize in the midst of their fear, there's a little bit of of hope, a little bit of expectation of what they might find that starts to creep in on their journey toward Bethlehem. And then when they get there, they encounter in the stable Mary and Joseph and a child lying in a manger, in an animal's feeding trough. And they realize that the fears that they had, well, they still might be the fears of what it means to encounter God, but that fear transforms itself somehow. Because the fear they experience now, is just different. It sort of tells you that there's a different expression that you get about the way you encounter fear. Now, you can encounter fear in the way the shepherds originally did that. And I like to think back, the way that you could see that play out is actually partly through Pastor Nate's favorite Christmas movie, Home Alone. And you would realize in that movie that there's a young boy whose family has all left and gone to Paris, and he somehow didn't make the van to the airport. And as they're on the plane, both Kevin's mom and eventually Kevin realizes he is home alone, hence the title of the movie, that he is home alone. And when he figures it out, that he is home alone, right there on the cover of the little VCR tape that you can get, some of you still know what I'm talking about when I say that, is Kevin looking frightened, going, as he realizes that he is alone. And in the midst of that, we would realize that's exactly what probably the shepherds felt like. But then they get to Bethlehem. They get to the stable. And this fear that they had as they entered in somehow dissolves. And the way sometimes we, we talk about the fear of the Lord is not fright at all, at all but, but rather the sense of awe and wonder at the presence of God. It's like they went from to and they realize that God has done something new and old at the same time. That God has fulfilled the prophecy and done it in a way that nobody could have expected in the humbleness of a child lying in a manger. And when you encounter that kind of, that kind of the very presence of God, 
There's, there's no way to describe it except to realize that you are in awe of, of, of realizing what happens when we embrace the presence of God for our own lives. And I've had an incredible privilege being a part of Bethany Lutheran Church over these past six years and being able to experience what it feels like to be in the presence of somebody who is overcome with the presence of God in their own life. I recall being in a home there to plan a funeral service for a man who died far too young. And when I'm in that presence, the first thing that I would normally do is go in and invite the family into prayer. But before even I can do that, Joyce, the mom, turns to David, her other son, and says, David, will you pray for us? And he does. And it's this beautiful, heartfelt, prayerful conversation with God. And I am in awe of the presence of God in that place. There are so many times here at Bethany where an agency who serves people will come to Bethany and say, can you help us out? We need, we need bags to give to people for Thanksgiving so that they can have a meal. We need toiletries to give to people so that they can have a, a place just to be cleaned up and, and even just brush their teeth. There are times when they just need food because they are desperately hungry and the people of Bethany just come together to take care of people's basic needs over and over again. And I am in awe of what it means when the presence of God is made known through that generosity. And there are times when people might even come to me and say, Pastor Gary, what do you need for ministry? What can we do for you? We have some finances that we want to help put to Bethany to find out what you would do with them and, and the ways that we can conduct worship and the ways that our children's ministry can grow just simply happen because people want to see the ministry here to take life and so many others. And I am in awe of what happens with people. I remember being in a house where uh, Janet Mortensen and I were visiting somebody whose disease had progressed to the point that he knew that the disease would take him away from this earth in a matter of weeks. And so after that visit, as again, I'm getting ready to pray, Wilbur says, let me pray for you. And Wilbur prays for Janet and me. And it is this beautiful prayer about the ministry that we have and the strength that he wants us to know and the very presence of God and Wilbur in his last days praying for me. And I am in awe of what the presence of God brings in those moments. And there are people who I know live in the fear of walking in to a congregation, walking in to a place like Bethany for the first time because they never know if they'll be accepted because they don't fit in that 80% of people. And, and life has told them that they may not be accepted, might even be preached against when they are here, but they walk into Bethany and they are simply welcomed in 
not as any kind of a token or poster child of our inclusivity, but simply who they are fully themselves in this place. And it is that they and we are Bethany. And I am in awe of the way that all are invited to be here. And sometimes when ministry grows and it sort of takes on a little fledgling start and starts to blossom, somebody will come to me and thank me for the privilege of being able to serve a meal here on Wednesday nights. And when Becky comes to me and talks about what it means to be a part of that process over the years and tears well in her eyes for the ministry that she has experienced, and I am in awe of what it means for the presence of God to enter again into someone's life. And that is Christmas Eve. This is simply one more Christmas Eve that's just a launching point for us to once again understand God's promises made known in Bethlehem of God's promises made known to us that we can carry on from this place, that we realize that even in the midst of God's promises, all of our fears will not be taken away, but we're allowed to bring them with us. We're allowed to bring our fears right here and lay them next to the manger of the Christ child. And in that place, we are filled with wonder. In that place, we are filled with awe. Because in that place, the presence of God is once again made known. May you know the presence of God in the midst of your hopes and in the midst of your fears. May this be one more night of wonder, of mystery, and of awe for the hopes and the fears of all our years are met right here tonight. Amen.